we have our very own Michael Manny. Michael, welcome to the show. Guys, always great to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, uh, you're always welcome on the show. We had a great time last week, and then, of course, we'll get into it right here this week. Uh, starting off with, there's, you know, this past week, there hasn't been a whole lot going on, obviously, with the Thanksgiving break. Um, but there was at least a little bit before Thanksgiving weekend got underway, and that was uh, that the men's team had two games here at home at the Royal Activity Center. First one, the rematch against the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley on Monday, so a week from uh, a week ago, a week ago today, and then on Wednesday, right before the break, uh, they uh, the Lumberjacks hosted the Cal State Fullerton Titans uh, at Royal Activity Center, and after coming out of a three-game winning streak, going all the way back uh, to the battle on the beach against, uh, against that same Rio Grande Valley team. Lumberjacks came away with a pair of losses, uh, to, uh, to, uh, the Vaqueros and then to the Titans as well. That last game against the Titans on Wednesday was a pretty brutal one where Fullerton got the win 73 to 56. Um, despite the fact that, uh, once again, uh, you know, in that first game on Monday, Jalen Cohn, uh, came out to play once again, getting another career high. However, that was not really the case on Wednesday. Cone uh, tied uh, a teammate Spencer Roberts for a game high, uh, a team high 11 points in the game. So a lot lower than what we'd expect out of him. Uh, so Kristen, going to you. Uh, obviously, you know it's a it was a tough two game stretch for the Lumberjacks heading into the break. They're on, on they've been on a break uh, now for the past week or so. Uh, but what did you what was your takeaway coming out of these two games? Yeah, I think we saw the Lumberjacks be very successful kind of in their start to the season and their start at home, winning those three games. And then it kind of took a turn. I mean, we watched the – we kind of broadcasted the last – that game where it honestly went down kind of like a buzzer beater, and that was their first loss. And then they took on Cal State Fullerton and unfortunately lost again. I think – I don't know if it was just they got tired with the break or what was happening, but it just didn't seem like they were putting their best foot forward in those games to me. I think there's no – issue and losing a few games especially in the beginning of the season with so much time left for the season um I think Brendan like you mentioned Jalen Cohn is a great player and asset to the Lumberjacks and is very beneficial so far I think Carson's been a great asset this season as well but I think you can't just rely on those few players I think the coach needs to bring in more players on off the bench and see what potential they have because well, yes, you have your main scorers. Once they go down with injuries, such as what happened with volleyball, you have to bring those other people up and start getting their reps in. So I think it's two losses of the season. The one loss was only by two points, so that's not that bad. They still played a heavy and hard game. The second game, mm, a little further behind, but I think this team still has a ton of potential for the season. Yeah, and you brought up injuries. Uh, it's important to note Mason Stark, who suffered an, inj an ankle injury uh, on Monday's game, was not available to play uh, on Wednesday. And that was certainly a big factor in terms of shooting, which was NAU's biggest downfall uh, on Wednesday. As a team, uh, the Lumberjacks shot uh, a grand total of 5 for 21 from three-point range. That's 23.8%. Uh, by far the lowest, their lowest margin of their seven games they've played this season. Uh, so once again, it's, you know, obviously the, the mantra – uh, is next man up and while we did see that in terms of uh, with spencer roberts coming off the bench and you know scoring a career high 11 points in just 10 minutes of play uh it was that three, that shooting from distance that and you just not 
they're not capable of, of, of achieving in that match. Um, so Michael, going on to you now, uh, you know, there's still, we're still very early on in the season, as Chris mentioned. The uh, conference play doesn't get started until this week. So these games, in all intents and purposes, are basically preseason games in a way. If you think about it, they're tune-up games as a way to you know see what the team is at right now. But going into conference play, as NEU goes on to take on um, undefeated Weber State uh, in, a matter of, in a matter of days, where is this team at right now? And what, what can we expect going into conference play? Well, you're exactly right, Brendan, is that there's, it's, they're three and four. Right now, and you're absolutely right. Conference play hasn't kicked off yet. We're still early in the year. This team has no reason to panic, despite the fact that they really did struggle shooting from three. And just in general, they struggled from the field in that uh, last game before the Thanksgiving holiday. But going going into conference play, something I I know that Shane Burkar mentioned after is that they is that. Kind of the general thing was that they just needed to figure it out. He said that he needed to figure it out. And what and what that means, of course, that probably means a variety of different things, but they just have they just have to shoot they just have to shoot the ball better. That I mean that's kind of over that's oversimplifying it a hundred percent for sure. But uh going into conference play, they just kinda they just need to shoot the ball better. The last they Struggled on offense mightily in that in that last game against Fullerton. After two, after two very close games against Rio Grande Valley. Yeah, going those two games were especially fun uh, to see. Not only on Saturday with uh, having that game be on South Padre Island, uh, right on the beach in Texas, but being able to essentially watch that game live uh, here um, in in the in the booth. Uh, as see that ending where it came down to the very last shot is is good to see and uh, I think it's it's a it's a good uh, character builder for NEU having those close games very early on in the season because those aren't with the way the schedules are are, are working on are, are made you know going off of NEU they started off with a pair of Pac-12 teams which they and in all types of purposes they held their own uh, and then they come back home again hosting a, a team. That's uh, an NAII team embedded in New Mesa, and they wipe the floor with them. Uh, so I think you're, you're, you'll tend to see a lot of uh, very lopsided games, whether it's for the Big Sky or against the Big Sky. Um, and I think now as we kind of round out that part of the schedule and go into this first stint of conference play uh, this week, uh, we'll start to see those games be a lot closer. I mean, it's not like we haven't seen any upsets in the Big Sky at all. We saw uh, Eastern Washington take down uh, Washington State uh in their in their uh rivalry match which which was big uh for the big sky in that in that in in that way uh but yeah i think yeah getting those close games very early on is is certainly huge for for the lumberjack squad yeah i agree so that is all we're going to talk about basketball today the women's team still has not started again since their little break they will start thursday at home so moving on since this is our last show of the semester. We are going to kind of do season recaps of the sports we have talked about this semester and kind of just share our thoughts and what we saw from this season. So we will go ahead and start with volleyball. Brendan, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. So I spent a lot of time covering volleyball for the Lumberjack. Uh, it was certainly, it was, you know, volleyball going into this, this semester is not, that's not my sport of choice. It wasn't my sport of knowledge. Um, but getting the chance to watch this team play and, and, and go through an entire season 
um i i grew to learn a lot from it and i think it's a, it's a lot more interesting than i gave it credit for before i started uh, watching and covering these games um i think the story with with volleyball right now is it's it's pretty similar to what we see we saw with other sports where it it got off to a pretty rough start mm-hmm. non-conference wise and a lot of that has to attribute to well their first in their first tournament which i believe was the tiger classic um they played against three power five schools they played against lsu or no they were supposed to play against three power five schools they played lsu they played florida state they were supposed to play michigan but that got canceled because uh, uh hurricane ira was coming uh uh at you know in the area and that also canceled their game against nickel state uh an naia school I don't know if they're NAA, but they're they're not Division One. Um, that would have you know helped. It would have been a good tune-up for them, uh, especially not coming away winless in that in that Tiger Classic. Um, looking at where this team is now and where it ended, it's 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 clear to say that result-wise, it definitely they definitely underperformed. This team is better than a first-round exit um, in the Big Sky Tournament. We've seen it in the past few years. They made they make it to semifinals and. Unfortunately for them, they get paired up against you know a number one seed in Weber State. Um, but this team, you know, they were projected to finish second in preseason polls. Weber State gave them their their uh, first place vote because they were the one team that beat them this past uh, the season prior. Um, I, I think you we can attribute a lot. Uh, we would want to attribute a lot of you know the sort of up and down uh, nature of the season to the constant switching that they've had in starting lineups. Obviously, the big Part of that, Lila Hollis was out for uh, almost every single part of the season, except she was in it for the beginning and she was in it for the very end. But there was a solid two <laughs> months there where she was out. Um, and it's, it would certainly be easy to point to that. But at the end of the day, uh, and Ken Murphy said said this uh, a lot to me, he's like, they have a lot, very, very deep in terms of, uh, you know, opposite hitters and outside hitters. Uh, so Morgan Gatmire, who usually came, comes off the bench for Lila, she stepped right in and she and she performed right out of the gate. Uh, we, we saw that immediately after the Lumberjack Classic where, you know, Morgan was getting uh, getting career high after career high. She had great games against non-conference foes like Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, and she was able to, to, to carry to, to, you know, carry her own and, you know, eventually lead herself to a, an all-big sky second team nod. Um, well, at the end of the day, Taylor Jacobson, of course, who's been the known commodity of that team, always, you know, performed as, you know, we'd all expect her to perform. Um, but now I think the story isn't going to be about this past season. I think next season is the big one. I only say that because, and we've talked about this on the show before too, Weber State, who were the uh, uh, predominant favorites, they went to, they were uh, projected to win. They they lost in the final set to Northern Colorado, who was going to the NCAA tournament. Um, Weber State, uh, just looking at them, they're losing a very a lot of seniors, uh, a lot of you know all all conference seniors, and I think that's going to play a hand in, in sort of where they are, where they, are, where they fall uh, next season. Well, in terms of, of NAU, they, uh, they're only losing a few players. Um, uh, and they're not to say that they're automatically replaceable, but they, they are deep enough to where they can have, they have players that can come off the bench who would have come off the bench this season that can certainly play their role next season uh, for sure. I think um, we'll, we'll also, we'll see uh, the senior year of uh, Taylor Jacobson. We'll see, Lila Hollis hopefully play a full year. Morgan Gatmire is still around. They have good young talent like Sophia Wadsworth, who had her freshman year this year, and she did, and she played well. Um, I think that NEU has perfectly placed themselves in to being a potential contender for championship play because if you look at the way the cycle works, they last won it in 2018, 
which was four years ago. So that's an entire class worth of players ago. So if you look at that cycle, NEU should be, this should be uh, the year that NEU goes on to hopefully contend uh, for a Big Sky title next season. I agree. I mean, I think you kind of covered what this volleyball season was almost about. I think, like you said, Morgan coming off the bench for Lila was a huge, I think, breaking point for this team in a successful way. Um, I think everyone expected the team to kind of slow down when that happened because Lila was such a known player and such a dominant player on the court. But Morgan honestly held her own and was impressive to watch. It was the volleyball team in general was a great team to watch. I think, like you said, they underperformed. The NE volleyball team has proven themselves year after year to be a playoff contender, and they're not first-round exits. So I think they just underperformed. I mean, they lost their two-set lead in their first round of the playoffs, and that's just sloppy mistakes almost on their part. When you have such a big lead, that shouldn't that shouldn't happen. So I think Volleyball had a great season. I mean, in conference play, they had a winning record. Overall, they unfortunately did not. But I think looking towards the future, utilizing the talent they have on their bench, there is so much potential than just the three seniors that are always on, or the two seniors that are always on the court. And the juniors and Millie and everyone, there's other people that can come in and be dominant players that haven't necessarily got the time to shine. But Obviously, at some point, they will have to start rotating players in and out, especially with, if they're looking towards the further seasons. You're losing great talent, like you said, next season. So getting those reps in will definitely help this team early. Michael, do you have anything to add about volleyball? Oh, you guys have kind of covered this, and we covered this on the show last week, is that that's just, is that, yeah, this team is better than a first-round exit, and that's just a, that is a, it's hard to find a tougher way to lose a, con- a conference tournament game than taking a two-set lead and then practically getting reverse swept like they did against Montana State. That's just, there's not really, there is, but that's, that's just a tough way to end a season. Of course, the beginning of the season didn't do them any favors. That's a, that's a tough, no, that's a tough non-conference state, Florida State, LSU, and of course the two canceled games, Michigan and Nichols State. So that adversity to start the year, turn it around in conference play, but that that this team next year, with, like you mentioned, Brendan, Weber State losing a lot of its talent. Now, Weber State's been the powerhouse in Big Sky Volleyball these last couple of years. That NEU has an opening here coming in the next year with most of its team coming back. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it'll be interesting to see what volleyball does next season, but... Now it's their their off season and they're going to look to recruit and look at the talent they have now and honestly see where they can go from there. So the next season we're going to recap is soccer. Again, another first round exit in playoffs in the Big Sky Tournament. Soccer had a very rough start to the season, struggling with the mindset, struggling with scoring goals and honestly just not playing great. I think soccer just after having such a good season prior to this one it was disappointing for most fans and um, potential recruits because you never want to see a team that did so well crumble and that's almost what NAU soccer did I think when they started winning games and gaining that momentum it really helped I mean you have Madison Montgomery and Maddie Schaefer 
all these players who are dominant on the field and can maximize on scoring those goals. I think once they were able to find those opportunities, find the holes on the field, they were able to start winning games. But unfortunately, they got eliminated. They had a rough playoff game where nothing was happening. Um, Penalties were called on them, and the season was just over. Um, So I think it was just hard to watch the season come to a crumbling end in tournament play, but it should be a season they're proud of. Everyone expected them to lose. No one expected them to make playoffs when they showed up at the start of the season like they did. So as much as it's not what everyone wanted, I think it was still successful. Uh, Michael, what are your thoughts on the soccer season? Well, it's just like you said, Kristen, is that another? it's another tough way to end the season against Sacramento State on a, on a offsides call that uh, Coach Lowe after that game. He was outraged about that offsides call. And yeah. he and he had he had some reason to be. That's mm-hmm. that's uh, there's certainly no question about that. And this and this was just a really, really tough stretch for this team. They didn't win their first match until September seventeenth, the six the six nothing victory over Arizona Christian. But just how this team responded from adver- from that adversity and just rattled off uh, rattled off all, all those wins against in conference play: Eastern Washington, Weaver, Idaho State, Southern Utah, Sacramento State, Portland State, to end the year. Just after the start to the, after the start to the season that they had, able to they're able to rebound and not and not only uh, be as successful as they were six and three in conference play after just a a horrible start of just. A start that almost couldn't go any worse to make to get into the tournament, finish the way they would. Of course, they would would have liked to have started the season better, but the way they but the way they finished is is something to look back upon positively if you're this team. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know we, there are very similar things you can talk about in terms of volleyball and soccer and how. Both of them had very tough non-conference schedules. Um, you know, seeing uh, the soccer team go out, uh, go on the road to play against Arizona, to play against Oregon, to have two very tough games against uh, New Mexico and the University of Denver. Um, though that was the defining part of the season for a lot of people, but I think the real defining factor for me is the idea of is the you know the team needed a new goalkeeper. Taryn Benham had uh, graduated and left to go play. Uh, her graduate graduate season at Colorado College, um, so that left NEU basically you know outside of you know left them without a franchise goalkeeper, if you will. Um, and I think that you know they obviously brought in uh, two uh, goalkeepers in uh, Natalie Monzo and Trinity uh, Corcoran, uh, both of whom got a chance to play uh, a good amount at the beginning of the season. A lot of a lot of times sp- splitting time and uh, seeing you know which which player would stick and see uh, if any of that if you know, one of them would have a chance to get a full-time nod. And eventually uh, that ended up being the case with, with, with Natalie. Um, she had a, a very strong start to the year. I think it was those first two games against U- uh, Utah Valley and Utah State um, where she really showed out and, and she showed that she could become a, uh, a full-time starter uh, in the big sky. And obviously there were some bumps in the road. Uh, a lot of people like to point to uh, the goal she gave against Montana 
uh, which uh, it's a fluky play. Also, you know, you're not going to hang your hat on that one and say, oh, this is, you know, that's going to define her her career. That's uh, that's not the case. She made some insanely great saves um, uh, this season. She she put her body on the line in that championship game against Sacramento, the the conference game against uh, Sacramento State in the tournament. You know, she put her body on the line. She got decked right in the face before the half with a ball. And she, uh, she played the second half on a bloody nose. There was very serious consideration of pulling her uh, from that game. And she powered through. She stayed in. And, um, you know, uh, she, she was able to hold her own and only gave up one goal, which was on, admittedly a very good uh, a very good play from Sacramento State. Um, while with volleyball, it's, you know, I think next year is their year. Uh in terms of getting into a, a championship, well, soccer it's harder. I think this was the year for soccer. They're losing some key players this year. Uh, Madison Montgomery, of course, being the, the main uh, one of those. They're losing key players like Kylie Kaputska, uh, among others. Uh, they have some players uh, for sure that are uh, in in the in the in the works. Uh, so we saw a lot about a lot of Maddie Schaefer this year. She played well. She's still uh, she's still young. She still got a few years left of eligibility, but. Those are some key losses, and uh, with how good these other teams are, Montana has a, a freshman goalkeeper, one fr- goalkeeper of the year that had, a, I think, a record number, something like that, had a really good number of, of shutouts as well. Um, obviously, you have Northern Colorado, uh, you know, who were Big Sky champion, or yeah, they were Big Sky champions, or excuse me, Montana was Big Sky champions uh, for soccer. Um, so obviously led by their goalkeeper. Obviously, Northern Colorado is still going to be around. Um, they have still very good pieces as well. This this was the year for soccer, and it's not to say that they won't get it done uh, next year, but you know, it's it's. I think it's going to be a lot harder going forward. I agree with that, Brendan. I think it'll be interesting to see how soccer utilizes the players that are still going to be on this team compared to those graduating who really were leaders and kind of held the team on their backs. But now moving on to our final season recap, we are going to discuss football. Football has been an interesting topic this season for us with how they've been playing and the quarterback situation and honestly just the on multiple levels that we've seen this football team conduct themselves. We have seen them blow out opponents in games and then completely get demolished by other teams and really just make some sloppy mistakes, but also the successes they've had this season, their defense being so strong compared to years past, RJ being a great quarterback. Um, you have some great offensive components such as Kevin Daniels, Coleman Owen, um, and so forth. So I think this season for football really was a good learning season. I don't think anyone expected them to succeed. Um, I think they did more than what people thought they could. Um, But I think it was to see really who had the potential to be their next big stars. I think, um, honestly, they didn't, it was hard to see kind of what this team was going to look like after some of the seniors last year graduated, but then a lot came back due to the extra eligibility. And they're still only losing nine seniors this season. They had a five and six record overall. and didn't look too bad in majority of their games, but then they just there was a lot of injuries this season, which I think played a big part in how they couldn't succeed. Brendan, we'll start with you. What did you see from this football team 
I know you've had a lot of say this semester about RJ and Kevin Daniels, so you'll go first. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can't look at the season without looking at those two specifically, and you can't start uh, without talking about uh, RJ Martinez, who going into the season, nobody knew who he was. He was a freshman that any recruited. He was their, you know, their third-string quarterback at best, maybe even their fourth-string if you count Kale Millen uh, and what, they're, what, they're, what they were looking for there. Um, I think that you can't start without them. And I think RJ's success has pointed out uh, to a lot of the shift we've seen at, at quarterback, not only this season, but throughout the offseason in terms of transfer portals uh, and all that. Um, but I think RJ, he won freshman of the year uh, in the big sky. Uh, first time that's been, that's been done since Case Cookus did it his freshman year. And, you know, he turned out to pre- be pretty a pretty good player. Um, he's, you know, he's a, a Jerry Rice Award finalist. Yeah, you had Kevin Daniels, who was a big guy, uh, all big guy second teamer, over a thousand yards, uh, rushing throughout the season. Uh, you, there's, you can't say anything without bringing them up first. And I think that NEU has shown that uh, no matter what, with, how, with those type of caliber of players, that they are going to be an offensive minded uh, program in the next few years. Uh, the defense, they certainly showed uh, some promise, but. Uh, right now, in terms of big uh, big sky uh, competition, Mo- Montana, the Eastern Washingtons, you know, the the five teams that made the FCS playoff, uh, and and the four that are still in it into the second round, um, you know, they're, they're the defense is what is going to have to win this team a championship, and um, I think that that should be the focus of recruiting right now. I know that uh, the the whole coaching staff is on a recruiting tour right now. I think Coach Ball was at uh, Suaro High. Uh, earlier today to start off the, the his recruiting tour i think t- today was day one of the rec- of recruiting the recruiting process uh, you know, being allowed by the ncaa uh so i think that should be their focus and uh, it's good to see that the coaching staff is starting not local local i'm sure they've done their homework on players at coconino high and flag high but you know staying within the state going down to the valley um you know we'll, we'll, we'll see exactly how how far it lands and we'll see you know how fruitful this recruiting class can be Michael, what are your thoughts on this football season? Well, and Coach Ball's made it his focus, Brendan, on recruiting and recruiting Arizona kids, keeping Arizona high school players in Arizona. So this this year's recruiting class in in our state specifically could turn out to be very fruitful. But by far the biggest development of the season. I think has to be not only Kevin Daniels' play, especially in the last half of the year, culminating in the last game at Cal Poly, 280 yards, mm-hmm. five touchdowns. But we talked about this on the show last week, is that Coach Ball can have some comfort knowing that he has his, yeah, if you may, franchise guy the next three years, plus in R.J. Martinez. Coming into this year, he uh, came into... Yeah, came he came to NAU unheralded. He had a great high school career in Texas. He broke Johnny Manziel's record for uh, completions. He approached one of Kyler Murray's Texas records. He had a great high school career. He didn't come in to here unheralded. If if anything, Cale Newen came in here a little more heralded, coming from a big school in Oregon as a former three-star recruit. But Coach Ball can have, he has that comfort knowing that he has that guy. He found his guy, but it's, it's tough to win football games. And we saw this at the end of the year. It's tough to win football games when you're on your fifth quarterback, your sixth quarterback. 
just that's that's a tough way to win football games. But this team, especially offensively, with there's with still all the talent in the receiving core, this team is going to be really, really, really interesting to watch in the next couple of years, especially offensively. Something that I that I've been thinking about. Another thing we brought up on this show: what is going to become of this of the special teams trio this year? Justin Hathout, Luis Aguilar, DJ Arnson, all graduating. They've all three of them have been perhaps the best specialist group this program has seen at the very least in the past few decades, if not ever, the three of them, their accomplishments combined. All-American honors, Big Sky honors. Yeah. It, it's a Luis Aguilar, of course, the Mitchell Award. It's going to be interesting to see what becomes of that unit. But all in all, a lot, a, a good development year for, for NAU football. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's going to be fun watching the team next season as they continue to grow and utilize the young talent on this team. I think Coach Ball does a great job of recruiting players that have the potential to be great. I think players that will veterans on the team like Morgan Vest, um, RJ will be a veteran come next season, and just some other players on this team that can help lead the way in success for these new players or players who haven't gotten the chance to really shine on the field but that is all for our season's recaps we are going to jump right into jack's jeopardy we have a few more questions than normal this time but we are going to kind of go quick with them today not give a lot of time to dwindle on them (laughs) so starting off what was the highest scoring game for NEU football this season? Like, what opponent? And then can you name the score? So, are you asking the total score for both teams or just the opponent? Um, I guess you could just... We'll do... What was the highest that NAU scored this season? Highest and against who? NAU scored. Got it. Um, Michael, do you want to start off or do you want me to... Should I start off? I can start off. All right. I believe... It was 56 points against Idaho State. Okay. I think it's between the Southern Utah Idaho State games. Um, I believe any scored 59 against Southern Utah. Is that your final answer? Yes. And you'll be correct. It was 59 against Southern Utah. You were close. It was 58 against Idaho State. So, or 48. So, both very high-scoring games for the Lumberjacks. Brendan, your first question. All right, uh, we're gonna stick, or we're gonna go with NU men's basketball this time. It's a kind of a two-parter question. Uh, so, what is the most? What are the most amount of points scored by NU in a single game, all time? Oh, all time? Yeah, that's quite a lot of years of basketball wow. there. Just give me the the number of points that they scored. In that game, and if you want to throw out a year, then go for it. Huh. That's challenging. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for the reference, I think it was last week we talked about when was the last time they scored 100 points, and that was about two years ago. So they're not just 100 point games are very rare. We'll just say that. Okay. That's good to know. Hmm. Remember, not enough, not a lot of time to dwell, apparently. I know. We're still <laughs> dwelling, though. I'll Quite let Michael take the lead on this one. 
how thoughtful of you. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, you go first. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to have to throw out a wild guess here. Uh, 115 points, and I'm going to throw out a year 2010. All right. Tristan? Um, I'm going to go 123 points as in the year 2014. Wow. Kristen, I'm sorry. The price is wrong. It's 122 points. Uh, very close. It was in the year, it was in the 1968 to 1969 season. I'm so close. <laughs> and it was against Western New Mexico. That is the most points that any of us scored in a game. Uh, the second part, we can do this really quickly. What are the fewest points scored in any uh, by any of you in a game? I'm going to guess two. Two points? No, I was kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'll guess 32. Okay. I'm going to guess 35. It is actually 22. And you scored oh 22 points against Weber State. In the nineteen <laughs> you got you only had one of the twos. If you had two twos, then you would have been great. Uh, they scored twenty-two points uh, against Weaver State in the nineteen seventy-nine to nineteen eighty season. So my next question seems to be confusing to Brenton. <laughs> um, where did the NEU soccer team travel to in twenty seventeen, and how many games did they play there? Okay, that was not the question you told me. You definitely <laughs> you definitely reworded it. I we wanted to do more understanding for you. Thank you. <laughs> Originally, it, the question was. Where did they go? <laughs> no context. Uh, so where did they go and how many games did they play? Mm-hmm. Like, where did they go for the Big Sky tournament? Where did they go just on a road trip? It was not for a tournament. I'll say not that. Not for a tournament. Okay, that helps a little. But they played games. They did play games. But it wasn't for a tournament. It, it was just, not. Just a random road trip? So it was during the regular season? You've never said that. Well, last week. <laughs> There's no questions. You just got it. No question. No more questions, please. <laughs> All, right. All right. Um, I'm gonna say they had there was some sort of, not tournament, but like some sort of event where our team was hosting. I'm gonna say they went to Paris. I don't okay. know why I'm saying Paris, <laughs> but it's I feel like I've seen that somewhere. So that's what's popping in my head. Michael. Uh. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm going to say. Gonna, something's telling me Seattle. They played three games in Seattle. Can I put a second guess in? Yeah. Is it Spain? It is Spain. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Wow. <laughs> okay. Neither of you said how many games they played. I said. I <laughs> said three. three. I said three. 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 Four. Four. Okay. You guys were close. Yeah. I will. I knew. Spain, I knew. Spain, I knew it was abroad. Place. I knew it was abroad. That was. I'll. I'll. I'll take half a point for that. Nope. Maybe point two five. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take any points I can get in this game. It's been a rough. It's been a rough season for me so far. All right. Uh, I'll get into my next question here. It is another basketball one. However, it is women's basketball related. At the start of this season, how many career points did Tarika Rashid have, and where did she rank all time? I'll give you a hint. She was in the top ten. Um, I'm going to guess seven. Okay. With hmm, eleven hundred points. Eleven hundred flat on the dot. Okay, eleven hundred and thirteen. I'm, I'm asking eleven hundred thirteen. That's your guess. 
No. <laughs> no time um, to dwindle. 1180. Okay. Michael. Uh, I'm going to I'm uh, going to say 850 six foot. I no, actually scratch that. Uh <laughs> seven seven. We're gonna go seven two, actually. All right. You guys are both right. It is seven. Ooh. It is a one thousand one hundred and thirty. Oh, you oh. are very close, Kristen. Every so, time. I, I believe now. I don't know where she would be at now. She's def. She probably be top five at this point. I don't know oh, exactly boy. how many points she has this year. Um, so she should be top five now. But from the record books I saw, they were these were before the start of the season. So. All right, Kristen. So for my final question, how many people were inducted into the 2019 Hall of Fame class for NAU Athletics? Ten. Okay. I'm going to say 11. Okay. <laughs> it is three and oh, the wow. 2003 men's cross country team. That was all, those were all three came from? No. Um, one was from football, one from volleyball, one from ice hockey, and then the entire 2003 men's cross country team. Th- that should count as like <laughs> a lot, a lot men, more than three. The men's cross country team is pretty large. There's a lot of people okay, on that well, team. Well, they did not specify. They just said the team as a whole. Well, then wouldn't it be wouldn't it be four then? Three players and then one team. It's probably four. Ah, whatever. We were so well off. Yeah, you guys are way off. These Hall of Fame questions that we've had. They really mess you up. They're very very tricky. They're very tricky. All right. I'll get into my final question here of of Jack's Jeopardy. Before last year, and this is going to be a curveball to to you guys. Before last year, when was the last time NEU Women's Tennis had a conference MVP? Last year, Gina Dittman uh, was freshman of the year and won Big Sky MVP. But when was the last time that happened before that? I guess 2005. 2005. 2017. Well, Kristen, you are the closest. It was 2002. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, it was uh, Yvonne uh, DeWall. I, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. She won Most Valuable Player uh, in 2002. Uh, last time that happened uh, in the uh, for any of you in the Big Sky. Uh, of course, before Gina didn't win it last season. So for our kind of final topic before our axe attack, we are just going to share some of our favorite moments from this year with NAU Athletics. It could be something from the show. It could be something within the sports. Just talking about some of our favorite moments throughout this semester. So whoever wants to start can start. I think we should let our guests start. I think that's the right thing to do. Well, uh... The first, the first thing for sure has to be NAU football's win over U Arizona, just a historic, historic triumph. I love that you said U Arizona. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm correct, friend. Yeah, no, technically yes, that is correct. <laughs> yeah, technically it is correct. Uh, just what a historic triumph, and all the storylines from that game too. Of course, RJ, of course, RJ Martinez coming into that game and leading that team to a victory. How the defense played the first time. They've done it since 1932, I believe, in 80, 80 plus years. Just in, and this is also the first year ever in the state of Arizona's history that ASU and NAU had beaten U, U Arizona in the same year. Woo. So it, it's 
historic on many fronts and just as a member of the, just as a member of the media and also just as someone who lives in Flagstaff goes to school at NAU it was just an it was a great great moment to be a part of and on and on a on a personal note uh my friend Taylor Hazlett she played her mm-hmm. first her first NAU soccer game she's a junior her last she missed her first the first two years of her NAU career rehabbing two serious knee injuries and that was special for me to get to see her play her first um her first NAU soccer game her first college soccer game yeah I completely agree I got to interview Hazlett this year for a story and she is so passionate about this sport so to get to see her take the field it was great and it was incredible for her to get that triumph this season I think both those moments were some of my favorite as well this season I think obviously NAU beating U Arizona mm-hmm. <laughs> um is a huge accomplishment for the Jacks <laughs> with their luck but I think one of my other favorite moments from this season was probably cross country winning again I think they are an underrated team at NAU even though they won five titles in six seasons. So I think just seeing them kind of come back on top once again really just shows the pure talent we have on our team. Um, I think something that necessarily wasn't during the semester, but the NAU cross-country male going to the Olympics was cool to Mm -hmm. have an Olympian from NAU. Um, Besides that, I, I think... Volleyball and the Lumberjack Classic held their own pretty well, so I thought that was nice. Um, I think, honestly, NAU had some great moments this season with sports. Brendan, any other ones? Yeah, I mean, I think you guys you guys definitely took the big ones. Mm-hmm. Obviously, NAU's win against uh, Arizona was easily the, be- the biggest moment. Like, uh, undeniably, first time that's happened in almost 89 years, uh, going back to 1932. The way it happened, you know, RJ coming in off the bench, making his debut, leading the team to a victory. Kevin Daniels out with his first real breakout game, too, getting over a hundred um, yards. Um, obviously, that can't be understated. I'm so grateful and so lucky to have been been able to to go to that game, to be uh, a member of the press for that game, and be able to you know to talk to Coach Ball, talk to RJ, uh, and talk to Kevin about about that that special night because it's something that I certainly won't won't ever forget uh in, in my lifetime just how how passionate they were just you know what how how beautiful of a scene that was going to you know what was you know it's at a big a big venue it's certainly a lot bigger than the sky dome is it's you know it's it's uh you're going against an fbs school it's it's a it's a different feeling and it's 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 something that it feels more it feels extremely official it feels professional in a way and i i can't thank uh the sids at any athletics as well as the lumberjack for allowing me and giving me the opportunity to make that trip it was it's a, it was a true blessing uh for sure um i think obviously the olympics is certainly a, obviously a big one uh, as well uh and luis uh Grialva, and not only making it to the final in the uh 500 or the 5000 meter he was the only competitor that that pr'd in that too he got he got a personal record there mm-hmm. as well so obviously great uh, not only for him, but a few other NEU alums and, and Flagstaff uh, locals as well, making the Olympics obviously very huge there. Um, I'm going to go a separate path with my choice. It's one that I've thought about for a while. When this show started, 
we all talked about how it's been a tough going for NEU. I don't remember exactly what the record was, but I think NEU was some, along the lines of 0 and 14 to start the season for across all sports. Yes. Um, it, it was around that range. I know soccer got off to an 0 and 7 start. Volleyball got off to a rough start as well. That first win. Oh, here's a, you know here's an impromptu Jack's uh Jack's Jeopardy. What was NEU's first win of the season across all sports? For oh, first team win, I should add. Wasn't that cross country? Uh, yes, but outside of cross country. Oh, I was like, uh, I was just like, I was at cross country's first <laughs> win. <laughs> That's what I thought too. First win against a single opponent. I should add that. Is it one of the sports we've talked about? Yes. Well, we've talked about every sport. Um, no, we haven't talked about swimming down. <laughs> That's true. Uh, well, every sport that we've talked about on this show regularly. I'll give you a hint. It happened on September 10th. No peeking. I see you're peeking at the schedule there. But football didn't play on the 10th. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, any soccer? That's it. I'm going to go volleyball. It was volleyball. It was the Lumberjack Classic, the oh, very first right. game against UC Davis, where NEU uh, fought in to, to win a five-set match against the Aggies. Yes, you were. We were both <laughs> there. there. We were both there. That's right. Um, that's the game where I think things started to click for not only the volleyball team, but for all sports. Uh, the 0-14 start across all the team sports, soccer, volleyball, football. I'll, that was a huge fluke. We can all, I think we can all say that now. I think yep. the, the way the schedules are set up, they played some really tough teams and they also had some really tough losses as well. Um, but I think that was the one that really, that truly set the marker that, hey, this team is still uh, a force to be reckoned with, being able to beat a big team, a team from California that is as big of a caliber as that. Um, I think it was huge. That was the game where I, we thought we started to see Lila Hollis really tr- come to true form, scoring, I think. At the t- I don't know if that is or still a career high or at what or at the t- or at the time it was a career high of 22 kills uh, on 51 attempts uh, there w- along with Olympia Jordan Elder who scored uh, 10 kills and Taylor Jacobson who scored 15. Lila Hollis being the leader by far the leader in that match uh, was truly not only a sight to behold but now it's kind of you kind of think about what might have been uh, if she had stayed healthy if she had had played the entirety of the season what was her limit uh, where where could she have ended up uh, at the end of the year. And th- I think that was the game where we truly got to see uh, what these teams are capable of and having getting that first win off, off your back. Because it's been, I'm sure it was a, something that was, you know, a monkey that they had, that the school had to get off their back and the athletic department had to get off their back of making sure they get that first win, get that out of the way, and they can try and move forward with the season. And I think opening up the Lumberjack Classic with a win, uh, with a, well, it was effectively a morning game win, well, eventually was late afternoon to open up that tournament i think that was huge for that team especially with it being you know it was a, a, a match with fans i think it was the first match with with fans for volleyball in what two years now at that point yeah. so obviously very huge there i think compared obviously it gets it'll get uh thrown you won't it'll go under the radar because of football beating arizona because of cross country winning its fifth title in six years all that stuff is obviously massively important but I think this this volleyball game against UC Davis was certainly an underrated win. Yeah, I have one more favorite that just came to mind. 
was the NAU football Southern Utah game and NAU getting to take the trophy and have that trophy for eight years now as Southern Utah is moving to the WAC. I think that was, I believe, their second home win of the season. And it just, I think it was what the Lumberjacks needed. Um, That rivalry is a huge game for this team. And so to be able to claim that trophy with the long extended period of time until the next meeting of the two teams was just great to see for the Lumberjacks as the players and fans were just ecstatic and it was just a fun environment to be in. But that wraps up our favorite moments of the season and we will do, and Brendan will take over and do our last axe attack of the semester. Definitely. Before we do that, I should at least bring up this. Um, if you have, if anyone listening out there has a favorite moment of their own that maybe we didn't talk about here, maybe we should send them to a certain Twitter account, maybe a certain Instagram account that they can maybe uh, tweet at and 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 give us their answers. Kristen, what what account might that be? Yeah, you can message us at the NAU underscore MIC underscore Sports account on Instagram. And the NAU MIC Sports account on Twitter. Um, I manage those, so you'll be talking directly to me. If you want to message those and tell me or tell us your favorite moments of the semester from NAU Athletics or from our show in general. And uh, and if you happen to also have the chance, also go ahead and message out there and tell us what you thought of the, what you thought of this show, of this rendition of the show with myself and Kristen being co-host, what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it, what you think we should do differently, what you think we can do better. All, all feedback is good feedback, in my opinion, and we certainly would appreciate that. Now, before we say our final goodbyes, let's get into the Axe Attack, where we bring you the complete schedule of any athletic events happening uh, across the next week. Now, because we're coming off of Thanksgiving week and we're currently in the middle of reading week, right in, we're heading to finals week next week, it's still going to be pretty light, uh, not only this week, but next week as well. Uh, starting off with Thursday, uh, December 2nd, where both the men and women basketball teams will be uh, competing against Weber State. The women will be hosting the Weber State Wildcats here at home in Flagstaff at the Relativity Center at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, where the men will be playing in uh, Ogden, Utah against Weber State, the undefeated Weber State Wildcats, who currently sit 6-0. They'll be playing against them at 7 p.m. Uh, Mountain Time. You can catch both those games on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, and then going on to Saturday, it's the same thing. Um, both men and women basketball teams are playing against the same teams, one at home, one on the road. This time, the women uh, will remain at home. They will be taking on the Idaho State Bengals, the team that was predicted as a preseason poll projected to win uh, the Big Sky Tournament. That'll be happening at 2 p.m. Mountain Time. And then the men will be at Pocatello, Idaho, uh, to take on uh, the, Idaho State, the Idaho State Bengals, that, the men's basketball team there. That'll be at 6 p.m., also on ESPN Plus there. Uh, and also to mention, uh, on Saturday, track will actually be getting their start to the season right after cross country got their championship win. They'll be at Boston University to take on to compete in the uh, Sharon uh, Collier Danville season opener uh, in Boston, Massachusetts. Time for that will be TBA, but of course, keep an eye out on the NU Athletics website for more updates there. You know, cross country got themselves a win. I would be very surprised if we didn't see the same thing out of track as well. Though certainly. A lot of athletes on the cross-country track team, dual purpose, they can do it all. So we certainly exciting to see there. Uh, with this being our last show, um, we also won't be able to give you uh, the X attack for the remainder of the, the month. But just to know, 
Uh, it's a lot of uh, men's and women's basketball playing about once or twice a week. Just go on to the NU athletic schedule, our website to see the full schedule. Uh, during the break, men's basketball will be playing Gonzaga, which would be a cert- a huge, uh, uh, certainly a huge game uh, for the program there. That'll be on Root Sports. That's just looking at the schedule here. That'll be December 20th at 7 p.m. Uh, and then the women before that will be playing against uh, Arizona, who went to the national championship uh, the season ago. That'll be uh, here in Flagstaff at 4 p.m. Uh, on the 17th. So those are just a few of the, the, the key matches to be looking out for uh, over the winter break. Yeah, and with that, we are closing out our semester of hosting the Axe. We may be back next semester. We may not be. Who knows? Um, kind of just depends on where everything takes us. But no matter who is your host, they will be giving you all the content on your favorite NAU sports teams. It's been great getting to host this semester, and hopefully I'll get to do it again. Um, Brendan? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've always, it's always been a pleasure to host uh, these shows. Um, being able to ha- talk to amazing guests such as Michael and himself was always obviously a pleasure to have you on, uh, as well as other guests such as uh, Will, Cam, uh, many others that I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to. You know, uh, fear leaving someone out. <laughs> um, but obviously, everyone on this on this show is uh, super dedicated to following any athletics and uh, following their sports uh, and building a name for themselves. Quite frankly, in in the, the industry, and it's great to see. Uh, this is my second semester hosting the Axe. Uh, third semester, I hosted the Double Double last fall, uh, and I, I I can certainly I don't know. Just speaking for myself here, I think I certainly learned a lot more uh, going the second time around. I think I've gotten a lot more uh, accommodated to the, the KJAP booth that we operate here and all the, the knickknacks and all the buttons uh, that make the show go and make you make it, uh, make it accessible to your to your hearing pleasure. Um, but with that being said, Kristen, this is your first time hosting a show yes. uh, on KJAP, and I have to say, you killed it. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. You are, you are amazing. You're an amazing co-host, and it's, it's certainly been an absolute pleasure to to work alongside you and I, I really do hope we get to do that come january when the show will be starting up again i agree it's been great getting to co-host with you and you can see us co-host again on the overtime this week right. our tv sports show um friday at 6 15 p.m or check it out on naz today's youtube channel when that comes out our guest michael will also be on the show doing a kind of new spin on our preview section but Michael, where can listeners find you at? Uh, well, uh, first, I just want to say it's always a great honor. Thank whenever I get to come on here, whether it's the Axe, whether whether it's Rich Report, whether it's the Double Double, whatever it is, uh, it's always a great honor for me to come get to come on these shows. So for that, I say thank you for yet another semester of that. Uh, pe- folks can find me on Twitter at uh, MichaelManny98, all lowercase, on uh, NAZ Today once. We start up again with live shows next semester on KJAC broadcast whenever I'm able to. And uh, on the overtime this week with uh, with your fabulous uh, co-hosts here, Brendan Martin and Kristen <laughs> Chancellor, uh, with kind of a special edition of the overtime to yeah. close out the uh, fall semester. It should, should be a fun one. And I do believe that this past week's edition of the overtime is now out on YouTube. Uh, after a bit of delay, it should be out now for those who would like to watch that as well. Yes, and you can find me on Twitter, Kristen underscore Sports J, on NAZ Today as one of one of the sports reporters. 
and sometimes in the lumberjack. <laughs> um, and on Instagram, you can find me at Chris and Chancellor Portfolio. And please do a favor and follow us on the NAU MIC Sports account. We love getting feedback and opinions and just hearing what you all want to see from our classmates and ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And you can always find me at Twitter on Twitter as well at capital B Brendan capital Martin underscore Brent at Brendan Martin underscore. Uh, I'm the sports editor for the Lumberjack. I'll be I have the pleasure of, of coming back and doing that, uh, being the sports editor again next semester. Um, throughout the, the winter break, we will still be covering uh, basketball uh, as I come as that happens throughout the, the few weeks that we are off. So be on the lookout for that at techcenter.org. Um, but yeah, I, I think. Uh, everything that's been been said, I, I can't echo enough. It's been an absolute honor. It's been an absolute blast. It's been an absolute privilege to get a chance to do this. And I, I appreciate every single one of you, not only here, but in the, in the studio, but those of you listening as well. It's, it's been it's been fun and hopefully we'll get to do it again. I agree. And with that, thank you all so much for tuning into this uh, this week's this final edition of the I guess the season finale. Of the over, or not the overtime, the axe. You're oh, getting a little ahead of yourself. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. <laughs> That's all, tomorrow. We're all over. The, yeah, it is tomorrow. What day is it again? I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, we're all over the place, but it has. It's been. This has been the axe uh, on KLJX LP Flagstaff. Uh, it, it, once again, thank you all so much for tuning in. Hopefully, we will be back uh, in January. But if not, the show will be in great hands. Uh, thank you all so much for listening and. Have yourselves a, a good a, a good night, a good rest of your week, and for those of you students, have a good uh, good luck in finals these next few weeks. All right, have a good one and take care. <laughs>